And welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast with my partners, Brian Siegel and Jonathan Talley. I am Curtis Wilson, and this episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeremy Counts at the Main Street Pharmacy, your friendly neighborhood pharmacy located at 301 South Main Street in Blacksburg. Hey, I see y'all again. What up, man? Y'all y'all dried off yet? No. Pete still (laughs) with So, boys, first of all, regardless of outcome of the game, we're going to get into that. Don't worry. We got a lot of notes. We got a lot of statements we want to make on that. But this weekend, uh, effectively, the entire crew was there. Mm-hmm. Tally drove up from yep. Bama. Me and Siegel kicked in from Richmond. Swung by Roanoke, picked up our music man, Jason. And then we effectively, we got to, we got up with Sheldon. Sheldon's not here tonight. He's working hard. Young man working, making his career. And then finally, we got up with Jeremy. We broke bread. We spilled drinks, we told lies, we told stories, and then we went through one of the most insane games I've ever been a part of. Me as I mean, well. It definitely was a uh, it definitely was an experience. Um, I've never been a part of a game that was delayed like that. Um, <laughs> I, I've had my pull them off the field for a half hour, get back out there and do it again. I, I've I've been a part of those. I've not been a part of over what five and a half hour delay due to hour. weather. Um, yeah, don't forget the sideways rain and the hail and the tents getting flipped upside down and twisted oh like pretzels as well. How yeah, many like a damn tent graveyard scoreboard got <laughs> yeah. hit with the lightning? It's all. Yeah, salt. It was- Back, saw lightning hit back down near, near the airport. I mean, it was some. Uh, what are you talking about? Lightning hit man. there in lot two. Yeah. yeah, we were on south side, south end zone side, and literally the lightning struck directly in south two. By the way, for those who are in south end zone, we might have been in the absolute south end zone top floor was probably the absolute worst spot to wait out that storm in. Oh, Tally was God. smart. <laughs> Tally went down one floor. We went down there about 45 minutes too late. Yeah. The rough stuff had already went through. I was trying to get gone. As soon as I seen that rain start coming sideways, sideways. I was like, we too high. We are too, we too high. high. We too high. We high up. Way too high. And and again, like Brian said, five and a half hour delay. We waited it out. I mean, I, I'll say this. I've never had – when we came back, I've never set that good at any sporting event in my life. No. In my life. No. And if y'all wondering how close, I, I should have sent the picture and let Brian put it up. Yeah. Uh, w- we could see Chris Mars' nose hairs. Yeah. That's how close we were. Could have leaned over and touched the field. Could have. <laughs> shout Brian out. Give, give, give our two guys a shout out on that. Who We, we ran into them at the Beamer Barn. And they said, BK y'all come and Durlax. BK and Darlax. They told us, hey, we get this thing going. Y'all come back with us. They, yeah, they, that was they awesome, man. That was. Yeah. It was awesome. It was an awesome time. We got to sit with some of the parents of the of the, um, of the players. You know, being right there behind the uh, defensive huddle for the most part. Every time they came off the field, they sit right in front of us. I was ear hustling the whole time, listening at what they needed to work on. Uh, <laughs> another experience is like, the bike was right in front of us as well. Like every player that went and sit on the bike was 
I could reach out and touch him for real. You know what I'm saying? So when I seen Lane come get on the bike, I'm like, no, we don't need you on the bike. No, no, get away from the get bike. Get off the bike. <laughs> but, I mean, I knew he was – I seen him. And that's stuff you don't see on TV because he didn't go down on the field. He kind of, you know, was running around and just kept coming to the sideline. Yeah. Came straight over to the trainer and was on the bike. So uh, seeing that stuff, definitely not good to see somebody get hurt. But being in the stadium just brings a whole different dimension to your fandom. So all of y'all out there, if you don't go to any games, get to a game. I live seven hours away. And I drive to a game at least Blacksburg. I drive there at least once a year to go to a game. If I can do it, you can do it. Unless you're Grayson Winbush and you live in California, you might need to fly. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what did you think, man? I know you probably had some experiences on fields and stuff back in your when you were getting recruited, but that close ever sitting? Um, not that close ever sitting for a game, no. Um, I've sat um I've got. I got. Some, when I was getting recruited, I I did get to see some basketball games, like doing like junior days and shit like that, real close. Um, you know, sometimes you're a sideline, first few rows, depending on what they had uh, slated for recruits. But never never had a chance to get to a football game that close. So that, that was a good experience. Um, you know, like Tally said, I mean, you can kind of take in and kind of drink in the sideline atmosphere a lot more. From that level, you don't quite get the uh, the eye in the sky view um, that you would get from a different level where you kind of see everything that's happening on the field. Um, but I think you're kind of more kind of in the shit, as it were, um, from that level. And I think that's a good perspective to have as well. It absolutely is. You, you you learn you learn so much. You see more going on. Like Tally said, you were focused on what they were talking to them to improve, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offense was in another location. It was we, we could not effectively get down there. Um, but again, it was it was an experience, and and that's what games are. And even coming back, and I would I want to say it was probably twenty thousand because West stands were just about full. North end zone was completely full, and it was still loud. It was still it loud. It was still loud. Still loud. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing. Sitting that low, you feel it. Like you feel the noise just coming over top of you. Um, and I got a little. I got. I got hair standing up because I remember the first time that that's happened. You know, early in the first quarter, and it was just like, Jesus Lord! Like it's like it's a third of the stadium here, and it's still just absolutely humming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and especially uh, like we we didn't get a proper. Uh, Proper intro not get a time. Purdue fans were mad about that too. They were very yeah. upset about that. They were like, "We didn't even get that." Like, we got we, we got a half-ass saying, man. I was like, "Yeah, you did. Man. You really did. Y'all really did." So we need to reschedule it because <laughs> y'all got y'all got y'all got a y'all got a D effort from us. <clears throat> right. Let's right now it's that. one and one. The road team took both of them. Let's get one to to kind of put put a put a bow on it. Let's go meet right. in Nashville. Come on, that's close to me. In Nashville. I can handle that. a good game for Nashville. All right, well, let's, we're going to definitely talk about the game here, 24-17 loss, um, the Hokies take. But real quick, just a couple things. First of all, uh, yep, we all got them. We got the Rowdy for Robbie stuff right here. Obviously, an away game this week, um, that will not be in any lot, but it is still always for sale or uh, for donation at the Main Street Pharmacy. Walk right in there and get you one. 
But let's start with some of the bad news. And probably the worst news was the injury to Ollie Jennings. He is definitely out this week. Um, as we were walking in lot four back in the lane stadium, we saw him on the golf cart with the boot, um, you know, and it sucks. It sucks for that kid in so many different ways. All right. Yeah. He's a great yeah, kid. I mean, I mean, he was a, you yeah. looked like he was hitting his stride, man. He just, he full of energy, you know, and then to go down the way he did getting rolled up on, I mean, it's nothing that nobody can prevent. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the weather. That's what, if that's what the Lord say happening, that's what's happening. You know, he was doing everything right. It's not like he was hanging. You know, sometimes people get rolled up on on piles just standing there. He was downfield blocking, 20 yards down yeah. the field. He's trying to get his man a block. and Trying to get his man yeah. a block. He's rolled up on and ankle injury. So, we just, you know, sending prayers out for him that absolutely uh, his, his health is, is, is good and as well as his mental health because – you know, it takes it takes an athlete down, man, when they get when they get injured and they they've been so hype and waiting for this. And you know, he had his great first game, two touchdowns, and then you go into the second game, you're amped, and it's like the second he is. and you're and, and you go out. So yeah, it definitely sucks. Yeah, I what mean it, it kinda it definitely sucks because I mean you saw the potential that he had in this offense uh, in, oh, in God, the first yeah. week. Um, and, you know, you feel like that was only going to grow as the season went on. And you get more more comfortable in the offense, more comfortable with guys around you. So um, him being kind of the, our, our biggest threat offensively definitely hurts. But also, you know, you feel for the kid because, you know, he's not only trying to go out with the bang here, but also trying to, you know, take some steps for the next level as well. So, um, you know, hopefully he can get back on the field as quick as he can and still put out something like that so he can, um, you know, turn that piece of it around as well. Yeah, and, and I go back to what we saw after the ODU game and having all the family up there. It meant a lot to him to come to Tech. It, you can tell. He, it genuinely meant a lot. It meant a lot for his family because it's a, it's a three-hour drive. It's a three-hour drive. It's where so many people that they probably grew up with have gone to, and it really stinks so – you know, like you said, Tally, prayers for a speedy recovery for the mm -hmm. mental for the mental part of it. Although, you know, we hollered at him. You know, we hope you do feel better, man. He was, you know, he he hollered back. That, that's he always yeah, he was in good spirits. He was in good spirits, and that's always yeah. a good thing. But that ain't the only injury. Um, Jalen Lane, we already mentioned that a little bit. See him on the bike. Burgos got banged up. Wright got banged up. Peoples is banged up. Yeah, y'all know what we're talking about making our predictions. You know what? Talking about where, where's the floor? Is it who, who'd you say who'd I miss? Wells is banged up too. Wells is banged up. Yeah, we got a lot of people banged up, and we talk about the floor as you start taking people out. I mean, let, let's hope that some of it's just early week and they're just being cautious with them. Right, but man, it's it, that was a rough game. Yeah, I mean, bodies kept kept dropping, man, as we went along, and it wasn't just like. You know, a guy here, a guy there. I mean, it was it's guys that took some big steps this year that we were, you know, counting on uh -huh. um, to make plays, right? So yeah. I mean, Bur Burgos has been out there making plays. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Lane making making some big plays out there. Um, obviously, Jennings um, going down early that 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 hurt the momentum. That definitely, uh, if we if we to continue playing, I think with that kind of looming over us in real time. I think it could have gotten ugly because I feel like 
Because Jenkins yeah. got hurt like that first defensive play of the game as well. First defensive play. Yeah. Game. He did first come play. back. He came back. And, and then and then Jennings was out too on you know second play on offense. So I mean, right. I feel like right away we had a bunch of gut check uh injuries that, you know, mm-hmm. if not for the, the the weather pause, I think could have really snowballed on us a little bit more than it did. So um but you know, guys still questionable this week. I, I'm hoping we see Lane. I hope we see Burgos in particular. I feel like those two um, are probably the, the, the biggest factor this week uh, overall. Um, but, I mean, it was a tough week. I mean, and, and this is kind of a byproduct of playing on a on a wet surface. I know the field drained really well, but, yeah. you know, you're still playing on a wet surface. Anytime you got that, that going on, you know, freaky shit can happen. Yeah, definitely. When Burgos came back in, because he went out and I seen him come back in, and I think – I know I seen Pry walk up to him and ask him, can you go? And he shook his head, yeah, but he had a big brace on his on his elbow. Um, but yeah, I seen like him go hyper, back. Probably hyperextended or something, I yeah, would imagine. I don't know exactly what he did, but like you said, maybe hyperextended. But uh, he did go back in, man. And uh, you don't want to think about moral victories like you want to win, but yeah. we were down 17 to 0. <laughs> and these kids, they fought, man. Like I, I was telling, I was sitting closer to Curtis than you, Brian. And I was looking at Curtis like, we gonna get blew out. It's over, you know. It's seventeen to zero. We can't do nothing, and they just kept fighting, man. And we found a way back in the game. And the defense stepped up, and they were like, you know, they wasn't just gonna roll over. That rain delay helped Chris Marv make some mm-hmm. adjustments. You yes, know? it did. Yes, it yeah. did. And let's um, let's go ahead and jump into it. I had something else I want to talk about, but let's jump into it. This is tell the truth. Tell the truth Tuesday, Wednesday night edition, because on Wednesday. Tally son had a late game, and by all means, we're dads. Things like that happen. Me and Brian completely understand. We'll, we'll pivot and go a night longer anyway. It ain't going to hurt nobody's feelings. But let's talk about one with Will. And a lot of people are about to solidly scream at us and say, no, it didn't. But offensively, offensively, I'm starting with the offense. I'm waiting for the bat, all the comments to pop up over there. Mm. Y'all tell me this because I sat with these two gentlemen who basically who played collegiate football. No less than seven to nine times did I hear y'all scream, the player is open. There were other people around us screaming, players are open. The overall passing play design of what we did on Saturday and then the skilled players getting open, that was working because Tally kept screaming, quit running the ball, just throw it. Just throw it, man. If they, they're stacking the box and daring you to beat them with your arm, you got to take what they're giving you. Yep. If they're giving you 10 yards across the middle, if they're giving you a wheel right, a wheel route out of the backfield, you got to take it. Like, I get it. You want to say, oh, well, we got to run to set up the, to set up the, the pass. Well, no, you don't. If they're going to give it to you, they're already in their position. Yep. Do you it need, the other way. Do it the to, other way. Pass and set up to run. We need to make them adjust to us. Yep. You know, we don't need to have us adjusting to them. I mean, we've already we gonna run. Let's run what we're running. All right, we see what you got. Okay, let's we gonna get you out of that. So, uh, yeah, it was people running open. Man, I seen a couple times where you know receivers had steps on the DBs covering them, and that's one of the things we talked about before before the game, going into the game last week. Like we didn't feel that their secondary was so great that they could stop our receivers. 
And we were getting deep in that receiver room, man. Like I seen Aiden Green with steps on people. Mm-hmm. Yep. I seen Felton. Lofton? He had no Lofton. Lofton uh, beat people. Both of our tight ends, uh Steven Gosnell. Like, man, I seen a lot of people running free, but you know, I know we'll talk about it and we don't want to beat on him too much. When you're when your quarterback locks on one receiver and that's all he looks at, he's never gonna scan the field. Yep. And that's where we're getting in trouble. Exactly. Right. And well, I mean, like you said, overall, over, yeah. overall passing play design, really good. Um, especially when, when you talk about the defense. They, I mean, we talked about it last week when we were previewing them, but a lot of single high man coverage. So we got we got a lot of opportunities where we could beat a man one-on-one. And we did mm-hmm. it pretty consistently. I mean, Daquan Wright went out there and had himself a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that that's stepping up after you lose. Really, you lose your best wide receiver for the whole game, pretty much. Yeah. You lose your second best wide receiver for at least a whole half. And mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and know. we still were we're getting open, but you yeah. got to still make the plays, and and that starts with the quarterback. And he went yeah. down in that. He went down in that last drive as well. Yeah, because you know yeah. when he got knocked right in front of us, exactly in front of yeah, right on right up ran, against ran, the bench. Yeah, he got ran up into the bench. Nah. He thought it was knocked out. I don't know what was going on with it. We, 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 all I knew is, all I saw was there were like three medical guys over there. He was down he, there. He slid like six or seven yards when yeah. he got to the sidelines. It was pretty. He was under the bench. So, you know, I feel like it could have been a little bit of a different drive if you got both of those tight ends just working in the middle as well. So they, they couldn't guard. If you go look at the game, you go look at the stats, nobody on that team could go. He was a matchup nightmare. A sophomore tight end doing work like that, that was good. No one could guard our receivers or the pass play schemes. We'll get into the other stuff later because y'all know this is four sections. I want to talk about this. Let's talk about coverage play. Coverage play. I knew Purdue went for 248. That was on 34 pass attempts. Mm. We were we talked about Burks being a danger. Uh, he really was not that big of a danger in this game. Because the back end pretty much locked up across the board. Their leading receiver was eight for 64. Yeah. And the man we were worried about, Deion Burks. Yeah. One catch, 18 yards. Yeah. The the back end is the back end is for real. Whoever's back playing, end. Playing with a playing with a, a backup. Jalen. Playing with Jones, a guy who was a wide receiver last year, Jalen for God's Jones, sake. Man, I don't know. Again, I know they just put the whole tape on youtube so if y'all haven't watched it go watch the whole tape i'm talking about um audience members y'all go watch this tape man uh jalen jones in the back end i seen a couple times where the kid had perfect coverage and that is hard to do that perfect coverage no 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 flag nothing he played good in the back end man i was excited to see him take a step in that game because the receivers that they have, especially Burke's kid, the Burke's kid can, can, and, and they just made good plays like in, in games that we've watched. So uh, I was excited to see that back in do some work back there. They played, they played as good as we can see them play. I think. Yeah. They only really hit one shot down the field and that ended up getting brought down, you know, right after the catch there. Uh, Other than that, we kept everything in front of us. Um, I'd say in the secondary, we tackled pretty well. Like yeah. they, they didn't get a whole lot of run after the catch in the secondary. Um, I, so I thought that was really good overall. Um, and I, I, as you said, I like that, that we saw Jalen Jones step up. 
had a pretty good week against ODU, especially for somebody getting really his first live snaps on defense at this level, and really stepped up big this week because he had a he had much more responsibility this week and he really an- answered the call. Mm-hmm. You know who else answered the call, Brian? Who's that? Strowman, Strowman, and 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 uh, Lawson. Yeah, both of those guys had fourteen tackles. Unreal. Both of them had fourteen tackles, and not only did both of them have fourteen tackles, they was making plays with. And again, I ain't saying that we we back, but they was making plays with that old school attitude. I yeah. seen Jalen Strowman hit somebody on their sideline, and look at that sideline and start slapping his helmet. I wanted to, I wanted to put a helmet on. I don't know how much work I could have done. <laughs> but I wanted to put a helmet on. But just seeing stuff like that, man, and Lawson was all over the field, in the backfield, sideline to sideline. I mean, he, everybody knows he's an athletic freak, but watching him from ODU uh, to to Purdue looks like that he took a step forward to me just with yeah. his coverage. His coverage was good. And he, if you get if you get multiple tackles, multiple, uh, double-digit tackles, man, I – that was some work. That's what, that's what we need to see. Neil, yeah, I, I, I mean, and he got like the you got the all AC all ACC accolades this week for for his yep. play. So see, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's big, man. Uh, he really showed up. You know, the tackles are great. You know, but that's just a number. But watching him improve significantly in run fits compared to last week. You know, there was there was some. Some issues last week, significantly better on that front this week. As you said, good in coverage this week. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some more coverage, spons- coverage responsibilities this week than he had last week. So it's good to see when you ask more of players and they give you more. And we yeah, see that definitely. both with we, – we saw it with Lawson, we saw it with Stroman, and we already talked about seeing it with Jalen Jones too. So Yeah, definitely. That's, that's some positives to take away from this. I can't remember who – I can't remember who – I mean, Curtis, did you have something to go with? Well, I was going to say, I was thinking about – I can't remember who mentioned it, but and I want to see the play, the one where apparently Lawson's getting pushed by, like, the guard, and he gets the hand out, and he makes a stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's freak That's freak stuff. Yeah. That's freak stuff. There's, there's only certain guys that are built like that that have the strength to hold the guard to actually get a hold of the guy and get them down. That's freak that's stuff. Top, that's some towel drills right there, man. <laughs> to be yes, able to sir. grab somebody's jersey and pull them down. Brian knows what I'm talking about. But, 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 I, but, but those guys are special. Yeah. Both of those guys are special. I think so. We're not going to have them much longer. We're not going to have them after that, next Curtis. year. We ain't going to have them after next year. Go ahead and write that down. Now, my hope is there are people out there that see how they're what playing they're doing. Yeah. and say, I can go here. I can make my name. I can move to the next level. So we'll hope that happens. There's one more accolade we're going to give and what went well. And it's not the best thing, and people are going to laugh probably, but, y'all, Peter Moore made that punt return to back up five to eight yards every single time he kicked it. That kid didn't know what to do. He moved it. He was booming, man. He was absolutely booming. And, I mean, he put, what, four inside the 20, a couple deep, deep. They were not getting that much on him. And it was something we talked about in the preseason. Can he get back to where he was two years ago? He's well on his way back this year. And yep. what does that do? Give As much as I want to give the defense credit after giving up to 17 until the nearly last drive, 
every time Peter Moore was called on, he put Purdue deep. He yeah. forced them to drive the field where eventually yeah. each time they stalled up until the end. Yeah, and I he think does. they only had one return where they got more than like five yards. Yeah. Um, most of them got down inside the, the, the 10 or 15. Uh, I think one was inside the five. So, I mean, he did his job the whole night. Yep, 23 total yards returning on four. Uh, on four. So, what, less than five? Right. Yep. So, yep, and absolutely. Billy Ray, he is a stud. Absolutely. All right, boys. So, we, we've talked about the good, but when you lose a game, there's going to be more bad than good. And it, and that's the case here today. And, Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you lead it off because it was an issue last week and you were paying even more attention being as close as we were. Uh, we could not run the football, guys. Again. I, I, don't, I don't know if y'all watched the game, but we couldn't run the football. Um, and that's a pretty yeah. important part of the game, man. Um, you know, we talked about the flow of the game and um, the pass plays were called well. We liked that part of it, but – at some point, you've got to be able to run the football effectively so a defense doesn't just load the box and tee off on your quarterback. And I mean, that puts even more pressure on your pass pro. You've got to be able to run the football with some degree of efficiency, and we're not able to do that right now. And a lot of it is execution. Third and one, you got to be able to get one yard, man. Like, we couldn't – we can't do nothing. That That – like you said, it, sometimes the play call isn't the problem, and I don't want to go through and critique all of the, the offensive line right now. But if you are pulling as a tackle and you do not pull into the hole and, and blow the man out of the hole and he's the one that makes the tackle and everybody else is blocked, you're the problem. Yeah, you, you don't know? need to be giving Caden more the business Yeah, when, you don't when, need when your guys – you, you know, don't three, need to be three feet to your, your left, uh, blowing up tooting. Like, wrap into the hole and root that motherfucker out of there. That's all I'm saying. Do not go stand behind your guard and play uh, the Hamlet maneuver. That's what <laughs> and we were bringing bright orange jerseys. Come on, man. And they <laughs> were wearing you can't. What the? Hey, man. Uh, that, 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 I think I think I think I think we hear right there. Tally more than one time as a tight end was Dude. asked to make a pull play like that into a hole. Brian, we know you were as a guard as well, and it's like you got to hit the hole. If you see your team's jersey color, you didn't screwed up, right? Hey, and that's a mentality, man. I mean, it's done been times where you you pull on something, and you you don't know what you're gonna see when you get in there sometimes. Yeah. But guess what? Sometimes the defender don't know what they're gonna see either. So as a as an offensive lineman, when you're pulling like some offensive linemen, just that's that's their bread and butter because they got quick feet. They can get the they can get their shoulders turned or they can get the hips moving, and they can they can get in the hole and 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 they're low enough where when you see them, it's too late. You know, so some offensive linemen make their money on pulling plays. They also if don't you, let their eyes twist up their feet. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. A, a lot of times, like if a lot of times when people are pulling, if if you're trusting your eyes too much, it can tie up your feet. If you're trusting your muscle memory but not using your eyes, you can end up in the wrong spot. Um, you know, th this is just you got to be able to do both. You got to be able to trust your eyes and and see what's happening in real time. The play you're referencing, though, I mean, that was 
blocked as drawn up. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there really wasn't a question of, of where you should be. You should know what the fuck you're doing on that. I'm gonna simplify this just a little bit for everybody who's watching because you know it's been all kind of speculation all week and we've been talking about the game. Um I seen a clip of Wyatt Teller and they said Wyatt Teller drove his man 20 yards. And everybody says, oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. This is what I want you to do to think about what Wyatt Teller did. People that's here watching, go fill your trash can up. I don't know. My trash day is on Tuesdays. Fill your trash can up. <laughs> and instead of using the wheels to roll it down, roll it down on the front part that's, that doesn't have the wheels. That's still not a defensive lineman. He <laughs> took the defensive lineman that is in front of him, and he pushed him down the field. 20 to 25 yards. And then put him on his ass. You want to know why he did that? One, because he's strong. That He is very strong. But number two is because he is a mean motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You got to be mean to play offensive line. You can be nice off the field. You can go to church and you can thank God on sun, on Sundays or, or, or on Saturdays, whatever, if you're seven-day Venice. I don't know what you are. You can pray when you're not on the field. But when you get on the field, you got to be mean. You got to be able to say, the person that is lined up in front of me or whoever I can put my hat on that doesn't have the jersey that I have on, I want to inflict pain. I just don't get that from some of our offensive linemen right now. The other part, though, you mentioned that. It's also he knew exactly where he was supposed to be on that run play. Mm -hmm. That's his fit. I'm right yep. here. I find my guy and I take him. And, and, again, we go back to it. That's been the real problem. Not only not mean, not a lot of push but a lot of screw-ups and a lot of missteps. So it definitely has to improve, but it was definitely bad on Saturday. Now yes. I'm going I'm to stay on the offensive side of the ball, and, and and it's not to be disrespectful because he had a great game against ODU. But what we saw Saturday afternoon and into the night, that was Grant Wells of last year that showed up. That was not the Grant Wells mm -hmm. we saw in the first game. And it was the missing wide open players. It was when the pressure was there, it was he wasn't trusting. He yeah. was not trusting what was going to happen. And, and, and to be honest, it, it was bad because, I mean, the like that pick, that, that pick was still – everybody keeps saying, well, so-and-so ran the wrong route. But the whole thing is – that safety hooked up under in that inside zone when he went leverage wasn't there even if the route was ran properly yeah. the jersey is shouldn't white. have thrown it he shouldn't have thrown it. he shouldn't have thrown it the jersey's white there was no way he was going to get that to anybody yeah. and, and that's things he was doing last year and the thing is we took a step up in competition this week and mm -hmm. i'm not trying to bury him but it's like what i was hoping to see for grant wells because he was named the starting quarterback was when we took the step up we wouldn't see the bad interception. There were two of them. There were yeah. two bad interceptions because the first one was just a bad throw. The second one, there were two guys open up the scene. Watch that. Watch those play again. There were two guys open. He threw yeah. it to the guy who was significantly covered. And and I'm sitting here and it's like, you know, we're going to talk about it in a little while here, but it's like you're reverting back. You're reverting back. This team is better skill-wise. It's better pass protection-wise. The run game still ain't there, but pass protection has went up significantly. Siegel, you and you and Brian were talking about that. Like, like we're looking better. Like, we yeah. can hold a pocket. Right. So now it, we're, we're getting to that point. It's like 
if you're reverting back to your old ways. I mean, what, Curtis, you were very heavy before the season started talking about we can't go one and one with the picks. Like that ratio can't be one and one. How many touchdowns and how many picks did he have Saturday? Two touchdowns. Two to two. Two to two. You just can't and, do it. And that one pick was literally in the red zone yep. for Purdue. Yep. It's, it's, it set up another touchdown. I think they, yeah, I can't remember if they got a touchdown or. But, uh, that was a touchdown because it was about it was two plays later. Yeah, the, the, first, yeah, the first one was a touchdown because they got it, I think, it, I think 18 by the time we made the tackle there. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were inside then, the red zone. And then I mean, they, they, they turned that around quick. Like, thankfully, we held on. And yeah. uh, that, that other one coming out of halftime didn't really bury us, but it definitely took that, an opportunity it, it, that we on. could have took the momentum in the game. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. And we, we lost that opportunity. We had the and momentum that, coming out of half. Oh, yeah. We scored had 17 to. straight in six minutes. Yep. Yeah. And they then we get the ball. And we got and the we ball got coming the ball. out of half. Got yeah. the ball coming out of half. That, it, yeah. you, you blew all of your momentum in one full, fell swoop. One one and play. then it became a grind fest the entire third quarter. And then the one that he missed, the second one was uh, a, a throw to, to Felton that was high and behind. You know, he's 6'5, man. And you got to understand, he's running. You got to, Wells has been starting for four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was a freshman, I would be like, you know, hey, this is, this is the learning curve for him. Like he knows first season starting, even even if he wasn't a freshman, like you know, it's yeah. gonna be some growing pains, right? We get it, but this is his fourth season starting, man. And you gotta know where to put the ball. You know, you gotta know what plays cannot be made. You gotta know where you are in the game. And I hate to say that we're putting that on him, but yeah. you think about what Texas did going down to Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That is a hard place to win. And Texas is quarterback, the Queen kid. Again, it's different skill level, of course. I understand that. But they were playing against a different skill level as well than we are. Yes, they were. But he goes down there, man, and you just gotta have some nuts about you. And when the game time comes when it when it comes time to win the game, like y'all will see when we go to our picks, I pick Texas to win. Because last year he gave them all they could handle till he got hurt. Till he got hurt. When he got hurt, it was over. This yep. year he came back, he, he was coming back for blood. And I feel like Wells just doesn't have that 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 little bit of last umph about him. Like, hey, last year y'all counted me out. I did everything I needed to do to be the starter this year. I did everything to be the captain this year. I'm going to carry this team to win. I didn't see him getting in people's ass on the sideline. I didn't see him rallying his troops. It was just like he just came and kind of stood by himself. You know, I threw a pick. Fuck. That's it. That's what we get. So. Yeah. Again, I don't want to stay on him because people think I hate Grant Wells, and I really don't. I think he's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's a good guy. I just think the limitations are what they are. Right, and right now, the limitations of what we need. Um, it's not going to go. <laughs> I need more lemons, more aggression than Starbucks. In some locations, absolutely. Some people will throw an elbow at you. Um, I'm going to call Gaskins Road, baby. Gaskins Road, you absolutely. <laughs> I think the gum line will get wrapped around the door in a heartbeat. Two pieces here. I'm going to go to defense next, but I got two pieces I want to kind of put on the coaching. First one, we came out slow again. Both mm. sides of the ball. That shit's mm. got to stop. That shit's got to stop. Yep. And I yep. don't know what the coaches have to do. I don't know what they have to do to get the players jazzed up. 
I mean, I'll say this. Coming back out of that break, the players seemed more jazzed than they were at the beginning. It was a little different. It was, it a, was little a little different, different. especially now, on defense. Now, game one, they were too jazzed up. Yeah. yeah, they were. They were. They were through the roof. So the coaching staff needs to find a happy medium to say even keel, even keel, even keel. Not too high, not too low. You got to find yeah. that even keel. Uh, shout out to uh, Marty Favret because that was something he always preached. Even keel. Yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a healthy a healthy balance of like chaos and um, even killness. I guess you can say like you gotta know that when I step on the field and I'm prepared and I know what I'm doing, but it's a fucking football game going on. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Sometimes it just look like a deer in headlights out there at different positions, you know. But I agree. Took too long to you know it. Purdue, you know, they came out. The first drive and walk down the field. Fire. You know? <laughs> they Get, came did out whatever they wanted. Firing. They came out yep. firing. Yep. Um now the other piece I want to talk about, and, and and I think this is one no one will know the story. Um maybe maybe one day we'll have the pleasure of talking with somebody off record or bring them on here. The timing of when they put Kyron Drone in in two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm. Now, to me. It went bad because the way he looked, the way he looked, if he would have came in in the third quarter or even the early part of the fourth quarter, we might have got a couple scores. Because up to that point, we had had five drives. Y'all know how many yards we had in five drives? Probably 30. 63. Not as bad as you think. (laughs) It felt like 30. (laughs) One drive in less than two minutes, he put 49 on the board. One drive, 49 yards. It's the same players. There was – exactly. Actually, he did it without Daquan Wright. Sorry to hit the mic there. Daquan Wright. And Lane was out too, right? Huh? Lane was out too. Lane was not in there. So, he went 49 yards real quick. But the – and it's more of the bad because of could he have come in earlier? Because, Tally, you noticed when Grant came off on the drive before, you were like, Grant's not feeling right. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was limping, man. I was telling people after the game, I was like, that kid is hurt. You know, yeah. and this, I'm all about having heart, but if you go back and you look at it like right before halftime, he went in early. He was hurting then. And I don't know if it just, you know, got worse or he had got it taped and the tape started coming loose or what. I don't know what was going on, but more and more in that second half, man, he was hurt. And I think that's part of the reason why – when he threw that pick coming out of halftime, he couldn't push. You know, he couldn't push off of his his back his back foot or his yeah. back ankle. So, again, not trying to make excuses for him, but when we're talking about the timing of, the, of Kyron Drones going in, I mean, essentially, I'm not the coach, but essentially, you got a zero zero game, and you got the ball, and if you got a kid that's hurt. You know, or even if you don't think he's that hurt, you're like, all right, you're the captain. You ready to go? Yes, sir, I can go. And you go in and throw a pick. No, you need to sit down for a minute. Let's figure, out, let's figure out what's going on with you. Something let's see what we got. Your body. Like, there yeah. is no it's, – it's going to be pressure, but that pressure is a lot different than going in down seven with two minutes to go. So, yeah, right. well, uh, when I knew it was something a little bit off was when he climbed the pocket that one time and there was 20 yards – 
of green grass in front of him. And he reset like he was going to try to throw it. And then like half ass was, was able to try to, Try to get a few yards there. And I was like, something's not right there. Yeah, I mean, no, he that frowned in the game. He frowned the defender. <laughs> it's yeah. what he did. The whole he thing was, is, you talk about twenty yards. We're at what the forty-two. You're inside the twenty there. Yeah, yeah you're in field goal range. You're, you're taking the lead. You're taking point. the lead. And I one hundred percent believe we take the lead. That that game's over. We had scored the last seventeen. We had pretty much the momentum. Our defense was pretty jacked. Um, yeah. We to 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 Grant Wells. Um, to give him his props, like we were moving the ball. I think Gosnell caught a long pass and you know got some yards out the catch there on that drive. Uh, we were driving the ball down the field, and if you think about before that play, O'Brien, before he goes to play where he uh, plays hide and seek in an open field and stands and goes, "Hey, it's me." Uh, before that play, they tried to run like a uh, uh, like a speed option. And he just couldn't get to the end. He yeah. he had he had some some lanes to get through. It essentially looked like the play where uh, QP was ran against uh, against North Carolina, and he put his foot in the ground and took off. Um, Wells couldn't put his foot in the ground. Yeah. He put his foot in the ground and failed. You know, like I was that, like, he's hurt. He's that, hurt. That, there was a lane because there was a lane right next to Parker right there because that yep. that defender went with best. I think it was yep. a steal. If he, I mean. Is it going to be 35, 40 yards with Grant? Probably yeah. not. Is it going to be a probably 10, 15-yard game? Yeah. Maybe. Because yeah. he had a lane. Yeah. Um, all right, let's flip over to defense because they are not getting away with this. We love them to death. We were, they, were, they were they played their nuts off from the first quarter until the next to last drive. The first one, y'all screamed about it more than me. Man, that was some terrible tackling. I don't know yes. how many missed tackles we had that yeah. we still somehow – I didn't realize this until I re-looked up the stats today. We still held them under four yards to carry with all those crap tackles. And their running back ran hard, man. 45 with that ugly-ass number ran hard. <laughs> oh, back number. Like, and he wasn't, like, super big. You know, he wasn't super skilled. It didn't look like no disrespect to him. But it's not like he was juking people out of their shoes or nothing. He just ran hard, and we was missing tackles. Like, you can't, you can't get somebody – you know, for a two-yard game and let them get a five-yard game. Mm-hmm. Or you can't yep. get somebody in the backfield and then they turn it into a five-yard game. Like, that's losing football. We got to learn how to play winning football. You got to make that tackle. Yeah, I mean, he he showed some moves. I mean, he, he had a little bit of that Sam Rogers running style, like a taller yeah. Sam Rogers. They call him like, crazy legs. Yeah, yeah, like he – when he planted, it was like real awkward, but, I mean, it was effective. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, you got to wrap up and get him down to the ground. Like, I I mean, that's the the thing here. I mean, if you you wrap up and drive through him, what what he's doing don't matter. Right. Keep to your technique and finish. That's very true. Now, the last piece – and. Pressure was there all day on Purdue's quarterback. We were getting through their offensive line. We only wound up with two sacks, but they've got to finish because it was more than a couple times they had card down for sacks or tackle for losses. Um, mm-hmm. It's now I'm gonna say this compared to last year, it's improved. Yeah. But these guys are beating. We're beating offensive lines. 
We're yeah. beating offensive line. I know Purdue's line was a little bit beat up, but we're beating offensive lines to get those sacks. And, Brian, you know, what can be done? What do you feel like can be talked to about them about that? Because it's like, you're right there. Take the gold. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is like being a little bit more disciplined in the pass rush lane because I think sometimes we're getting there, but we're not getting there in a disciplined way. Um, so if, if we mind the pass rush lanes, I think we won't have those open spots where guys can step up, step to the right, step to the left, kind of evade uh, evade the rush and make the play. We're getting close enough, but if we can have that equal pressure across the line, he won't be able to step up away from where the pressure's coming from. He won't be able to step to the side from where the pressure's coming from. So I think that that consistency could help. Tell anything you got on that? Yeah, pretty much what Brian said and agreed. You know, you you want to constrict, you want to constrict the area that he has back there. You don't want our two outside guys to rush in and run by him, and then our inside guys be too tight, so it leaves a lane. You know, you want you really want that whole line to know. Okay, I know what he's doing, so I have to keep this lane right here. You know, and I want to keep this arm free because he's going to have this gap. So it's just like you said, playing with each other and knowing your knowing your fits. Um, I'm glad to see us getting to the quarterback because it looked like a lot of times last year we couldn't do that at all. So um, it comes down to us just working together, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to get a sack, but we want the team to get a sack. So if yeah. you miss it, we know the next guy's got it. So I think that's what we got to get better at. Absolutely. All right. So there's all that went bad. I don't know how long that segment went compared to the previous segment. It was longer, in my opinion, because we kept talking. But now we're going to flip on. <laughs> Us to, keep talking? No fucking way. No way. First of all, Tally, I got to ask because no. Andretti noticed it here. He's feeling the hat. Is, did you purchase that this weekend? I did. Alumni Hall, man. I went to Alumni Hall and I seen it and I was like, Yep, that's my hat for this weekend. I actually got another one as well. So I got a couple of different hats, but this was the one that I wore to the game. And uh, the first one that I bought when I got there Friday night. Um, they got a lot of cool stuff there, man. I mean, I know they got them online too. I've seen them online, but I didn't know I, I was going to like it as much as I did until I seen it in person. So I was like, yeah, let me get that. Let me oh, grab this, man. I, oh, yeah. I like that hat because it's almost like a throwback to like the 90s yeah. script style. I love that. Love that. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So this is a real quick one. Did anything happen we were not prepared for? The a tornado. Whole fucking day. Whole fucking day. <laughs> tornado. No, no, no more. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying anything because yeah. everything that happened then happened to the kids on the field yeah. the whole day. Yeah. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot, lot going on. Oh my god. Well, you know I mean when we're sitting around, we're trying to figure out because it's like Tally got a seminar drive back to Alabama and he's like, Man, if if I'm gonna make it to Bristol tonight, I, I need to at least like leave by ten, maybe nine. Yeah. We're sitting here like if we wanna get back to Richmond before two, three in the morning, like this is what time are we gonna kick? So we're all around all different sorts of places. It was the entire day, and you could only think about what was going through the kids. So, usually this one will be better, but for Saturday, whole day, nobody was prepared for all that stuff. Yeah. That no, it was a lot, man. 
it was a lot. And then it's just being your mindset is I'm getting there. You know, we've all been to, to games. I'm getting there. I'm going to tailgate a little bit. I'm going to go in the game. I'm going to watch a game. I'm going to holler at my boys. Then I'm mm-hmm. going to head home. None of that happened that way. It was like <laughs> you got there, you got ready to play. Uh, it started raining. You didn't know what to do. Uh, you you get pushed out in the in, into the the, the under the, the bleachers and the police is coming through saying you gotta leave you gotta get out and we like no we're not going out in that like, I ain't going was, in that <laughs> oh my god the entire day was nuts and then sitting around looking at Curtis and Brian like what do we do do we wait and see well it's gonna be updated at three it's gonna be updated at three thirty it's gonna be updated at four if they're are they gonna start at seven it's like we just didn't know man. But through all that, I can say, like, it was an awesome day. That's through right. all it of that, was. even though we lost, like, it was awesome to be in Blacksburg. It was awesome to get the seats we had. Um, but, yes, I'm going to stop it right there. That that The entire day was – we didn't know none of that was going to happen. None of it. And, and it wasn't just the, well, I plan to do this and that and that, and I, I'm not going to get to all of that. Like, that's, that's every time you go. You always overplan – Always right. when you, when you go to a game, like all right, I'm gonna make this tailgate, this tailgate. I'm gonna go by this bar for like ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, whatever it is. Then I'm gonna go into the stadium at like eleven, eleven thirty. Like you make all those plans, all those grand plans, but you might get to do half of that. Yep. Because like everything takes a little bit longer than you think it is, right? Oh yeah, of course. It wasn't just that; it was everything else <laughs> on top everything of that. Everything else. All right, y'all. We got to talk about this real quick and um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it. I got the I got the rundown a little different, but what we can do better moving forward. I'm gonna start at the bottom here because Coach Prime mentioned it in his presser about there has been hot conversation about offensive line rotation. And Brian, you wrote this on here, and like, what what do you feel like we need to see right now? Honestly, and I mean as much. Uh as I feel like he had a little bit of a redemption tour this off season, we, we got to do something at, at right tackle because as decent of strides as he's made to at least get back from a PFF standpoint in the ballpark of where he was at two years ago with pass pro, we, I mean, it's still regression in the run blocking and it's not just the physicality piece of it. We're talking mental mistakes. We're talking execution errors. This is something that a three-year starter should not be. It should not be happening to them. Mm-hmm. So, and like and like Siegler said, it's like it's just not physicality. It's running behind your own guard, like and standing there, just stuff like that, man. Like we got to see. I don't know, man. You got to put some urgency on these boys. For All real. right, let's do that. I'd like to see Jack at center and maybe move the move uh, Caden back to guard too. So I mean, I think we can play around with some stuff to m- maybe find something else that works to create a little more balance. Yeah. Because if we can't start running the ball effectively, whether it's by a quarterback change, where it's an O line shuffle, whatever we need to do, we've got to spark some sort of rushing efficiency we don't have to be great we don't have to go out there and be over 150 every game but we need to be at least approaching that every game yeah yep i I agree with that tenfold and i think what you just said about is it the holly field move in the center let Caden go back to more of a natural guard spot 
people are getting, you know, they're throwing him about those snaps, those snaps. He's had had some low ones. He has had some struggles. He's had some good moments. But the thing is, if that's Jack Hollyfield's natural position, you put Caden back at his natural position at right, and then I'm going to say it. Y'all tell me I'm crazy. Oh, my God, Pat. Well, welcome, welcome, Pat. Get out of here, Pat. Get out of here, Pat. I mean, you know, we Greg, Greg Boone 2.0, the Wild Turkey. Ooh, wild Turkey 2.0. Wild Turkey 2.0. Hey, if it'll um, give us some rushing yards right now, maybe we need to try. Well, we can try. But what <laughs> I think, what I think also, if you kick Caden Moore back out to right guard, do you try Brody Meadows? Because I think the times we've seen Brody on the field, Brody does have a little nasty streak to him. Put them at so, tackle, right tackle. Yeah. I, again, the thing so we got all you're saying is we got to try to try something. We got to try we, shit. You got to try something. What we do it, it ain't working. All right. We, I, I, I'm I'm gonna let y'all boys do this next one, real real easy. What must we do better when other teams run the ball at us? Tackle them. Wrap them up. Wrap them up. Get them down. Wrap them up. Take. We them ain't down. gonna say no more on that. Yeah, because you because I think what we saw from week one to week two in the run fits, like they got that they got that adjusted. Probably a big piece was Tisdale being at Mike a lot, the older yeah. guy in the room. Coach mentioned yeah. that. Um, but that got better. We got to get to tackling better. Yeah. I got a feeling they're gonna be doing they're gonna be chasing the giant donut around uh, the drill fields and in the Beamer barn this week. Yeah. Tackle, get them down. All right, but. The big one is, and we've mentioned it, we've got to get better rushing the ball. We talk about the offensive line. Um, Brian, you've mentioned a couple times. You mentioned it last week. And I think on a couple plays we saw it where if we did have the wider receiving alignments, it would open up the rushing lanes. But I'm I'm, I'm just going to – y'all just – y'all say it because we've, we've – offensively we've, we've led up to this point. And whichever one y'all want to lead, and I'm, on, I'm agreeing with y'all. We, we talked about it already. Go ahead, now, this see. seems to be your your bag, man. <laughs> well, I, it, I mean, yeah, when you think about the just we gotta create something, you know what I'm saying? And and teams are starting to load the box and they're starting to get in there tight. So why not spread it out? If you can spread it out, and again, when you talk about I'll say it, when you talk about when drones got in the game and then that lane did open up, he took it and ran for about 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. You gotta understand he ran for just about more yards than we had the whole game on that one run. And I'm not saying that he's God or he needs to be the starter and this and that. I don't I'm telling you, we gotta do some things different. We're gonna have to get them out of the box. Spreading them out a little bit will help us do that. Now spreading them out a little bit and then hitting some receivers is gonna help as well. But I think it does open up some run lanes as well. Give me drones QB one this week. That's what I want. Yep. That's that's what I want to. Um, And I think the big thing to me, Tally, you kind of alluded to it, but I mean, I'll kind of underscore it here. Decisiveness. Mm. Like, whether whether he hit or missed, he did it with confidence and decisiveness. If we can get that to work more consistently, then we might be on to something. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree, Donald. I mean, I agree. Just to give ourselves a chance, especially this week. Especially yep. this week, I think, if Grant is hot. At least see what you got, especially with – you know Grant's at least banged up. 
So yeah. he's not going to be whatever the best version of Grant Wells is. There whatever we would get against Rutgers, we're not getting that this week. We're not Rutgers. getting this week. We're not getting this week. So but the whole put thing, drones in there. See if you can scheme up some different things to get this offensive run game going and give them your best fucking shot. But I'll say it, and I'll say it again. I've said it to y'all, and this has been my big thing. The quarterback has to run the ball. The quarterback has to pull on those RPOs. That quarterback mm-hmm. starts pulling. That linebacker that was in the gap that Parker missed, you know what? He might be taking sidesteps, and the next thing you know, but Shields actually got a lane to still go to. And somebody brought up a good point. Somebody brought up a good point. I think it was Billy Ray, actually, in one of the spaces. When he says, I don't know if they are giving them an option to pull the ball. I don't know if they're just telling them to line up and hand it off. We don't know. I hope you. I hope that ain't what we're doing. I hope not. But if somebody knows Tyler Bourne, call him tonight. What is it? It's about ten thirty there. He should they be good. Sh- he should He's- be good and showered and eaten and uh, fingers are orange from eating Cheetos. Somebody text him and tell him you can't run an RPO unless you give an option, run pass option. We need we need some options in there. Stop telling them just to hand the ball off if that's what you do. But that's a good question. If they're doing that, I mean, I'm sure the I'm sure some of those are design runs, and he's carrying out a fake. Um, but that's got to that that's as a design to set up what you do later, right. in a call later in a different series, whatever it may be, right? So at some point, some some of these reads are not getting read properly, or if it's one of those where it's getting slow played, eventually you got to just see what you do by swinging it out there. See what you do by keeping it. You can't just keep handing the ball off into the, into the gap, especially when we're not blocking it very well up front. Yeah. No. Right, we'll, we'll see. So again, uh, we all think it's got to happen. We think we flipped to Kyron drones this week. Um, we shall see Saturday at three 30 big 10 network. I think is what it's on. Thank you. That's Sounds right. right. All right. Well, before we get to know the enemy, and that is of Rutgers, we do have some uh, ads from our digital partners and Main Street Pharmacy. I can probably save you a lot of money, and I can take a lot better care of you. That's pretty much it. My name is Jeremy Counts, and I'm a pharmacist. I own and operate Main Street Pharmacy here in downtown Blacksburg. My brother's a pharmacist. I'm a pharmacist. My uncle's a pharmacist. My dad's a pharmacist. I remember he would give me M&M's to count in little pill counters. This is something I've always done, and I'm just lucky that what I know so well is something that I can do and feel good about it and give back to people. Pharmacies are your frontline defense. Pharmacy's job is to make sure you're getting optimal care for the lowest price possible. Also, we take the pressure off of emergency rooms. I'll tell people immediately when they need to go to the doctor, or I'll tell them if they just need a cream over the counter. If there's something that isn't commercially available, if it's something that's not available in a certain strength or a certain form or anything like that, we'll make it. Tailor-made medications. Some of those options save people a lot of money. What motivates me? I get to take care of people and live in Blacksburg. That's all I need. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. 
All righty, and we are back to know the enemy. Let's talk about Rutgers a little bit. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Mr. Siegler, let's get a little scheme, what they're going to be running. We should be familiar with this, boys, a little smash-mouth spread RPO. Oh, so uh, they run what we want to run. They run what we want to run. <laughs> I'll give you a fun fact, too. Uh, Kirk Shiraka, the offensive coordinator at Rutgers, was the offensive coordinator at Penn State University when Tyler Bowen was the co-OC in 2020. So we got a little former co-OC battle here. So um, that's going to be interesting. Very interesting. Probably know each other like uh, like, uh, the back of their hand. So, So, I mean, they at least got to know each other for one year. So they kind of know probably tendencies to a point. Um, but I mean, Shiraka's, uh, offense, I mean, it's a balanced attack. They're pretty much near even in passing and rushing yardage through two games so far. Uh, they utilize a athletic dual threat quarterback to enhance their run game. Um, it's going to be design runs. It's going to be RPOs and it's going to be, you know, keepers, um, out of the backfield, uh, you know, when a play breaks down. So you'll, you'll see all three versions of, of the quarterback getting into the action there. Um, as far as the passing game, it's a lot of uh, a lot of bubble and slip screens. So you're going to see that a lot uh, in the passing game. They will go vertical, but they're going to use that lateral stuff to kind of set all that up. Uh, and their RPO is also very slant heavy. So uh, it, they will use the RPO anywhere on the field. It's not just a red zone or scoring area uh, type of play for them. It's something that they'll use anywhere on the field. Uh, and it's very, very much slant heavy. They they don't run a whole lot of other variations of the RPO um, in that offense. So Tyler, don't let them come out and run our shit better than us and beat <laughs> us this weekend. All right, come on, man. Let's get some nuts together today or this weekend. Going into the, um, talking about the enemy a little bit. Um, I'll go first. Just introducing their running back. Looks like he is a junior, number five, Kyle. Monaga, I guess that's his last name. I think it's Mananga. I'm not Mananga? sure. Mananga, Mananga, yeah. something crazy. But anyway, that's what Tally. I butchered more names on this program than anybody. Yeah, <laughs> won't be the last. Yeah, he, Curtis uh, and butchering names is like this, man. You good? I, I watched him, man. They use him a little bit out of the backfield. He is a uh, about a five foot nine, two hundred pound, or about a two two oh five, two ten running back. Uh, Class of 2020, a Don Briscoe prep um, uh, product. He was a low three star, about an 82. Mm. Uh, offers from Rutgers, uh, Air Force, uh, Army, and Buffalo. Looks like the only offers that he had uh, coming out of high school. Um, he's got about 200 yards this year. Averaging about, I think, 214, something like that. Uh, he's averaging about five yards a carry, and he is catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So, um, might have a hands full with him, you know, just them using him in a couple of different ways. What you got on him, Seek? Yeah, man. I mean, he's a, he's a running back, runs with good balance. I mean, you talked about his kind of credentials there. Uh, this is a classic Shiano development type project that's really turned into a pretty solid playmaker. Uh, he'll shake off tackles if you don't wrap, kind of kind of like we saw with Maccabee. So um, expect a little bit more of that. Got to wrap up, bring down. 
Um, good vision and patience at the point of attack, which what you know you need that in the uh, the Smash Mouth spread there, especially with the RPO elements thrown in there. And and he's used in the passing game, like Tally you alluded to, uh, mostly on kind of swings and wheels. Um, there's not a, a ton else. It's usually going to be something on the perimeter. Um, or they'll slip him out of the backfield a little bit, but they're not throwing screens to him. All the screens are pretty much exclusively to the wideouts. Yeah, and I will say his long this year is about 25 yards, so he's not a super burner, but um, they are using him as their primary back to get those tough yards. Well, they're they're using them what they're supposed to use them for. If you told us right now, five is looks great. You told us four right now, we'd be the happiest fans yeah. in the country. Oh like, yeah, four definitely. yards to carry. Let's definitely. give them to us, right? Because Brian, you mentioned up at the beginning, they are a pretty balanced team. If you look across their stat lines, mm-hmm. and um, one guy who has reaped the benefits of that is Jaquay Jackson, six foot two, hundred ninety pound wide receiver uh, out of Sierra Catholic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was a Division II transfer from California, Pennsylvania University. Look that up. It is a real university. I'm making it, not making it up. Um, and while he was there last year with that school, 1,178 yards, 13 touchdowns on 77 receptions in his senior year there. He transferred up. Um, and so far this year – you know, first game didn't do much against Rutgers. Lit it up last week against Temple. Um, four catches, 95 yards, including a long one of 65 yards. Um, what are we seeing? What what is uh, um, what is this one all about? Yeah, man. Like you said, he's a you know, transfer in. He he's got really good hands. Um, I, I like the way he uses his hand. He catches the ball real well in traffic. Um. He is a threat uh, in the intermediate levels. He can go a little deep on you, um, threat with the screen. Um, but I think the biggest attribute he has is that he catches the ball well in traffic and can go after some jump balls as well. Yeah, and, um, you know, he's definitely not the only guy. He, he's sort of the smaller guy um, because we kind of look across it. You know, look at look at Isaiah Washington. Right. I just got to step away just for a second here. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Washington is another one of their leading receivers. Um, he's six foot three, two hundred plus pounds, yeah. big guy, big dude. Five five catches, you know, close to sixty yards. And the whole thing is, a lot of these guys for Rutgers right now, they're seasoned. They're seasoned. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jackson, tons of time down at D two. Tons of time down at D2, so he's got the experience there. And I know people can say, well, that's the lower level. You know what? That's one of the best things about the Portland transfers thing it is. Right. You've got a guy who's at a lower level can come up and play. Washington's been down at Rutgers since 19. So the, the one thing I'm not seeing, and Brian really didn't mention much of it, is you're not seeing a lot from them as far as passing game goes. Right. Like, like they're staying balanced but they yeah. are skewing more towards the run game. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing that as well. So, and the thing is, they've been playing defense. They've also, and Tally, I don't know if this is possible. Did you know they played two offenses worse than the Hokies? I didn't think year? it was possible. I really they didn't played. think that was possible. So, a, a, <laughs> lot of, a lot of people are concerned, like, this is a really good defense, and it's like, 
they've been playing. They play Temple and they play Northwestern. Listen, Temple can be up and down. And what's going on at Northwestern right now? Oh, yeah, you expected them to have a rough year. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, people you... transferring out. The coach gets in trouble. You got people talking about a, a, a dick car wash. I don't know what all of that stuff. Like, you expected them to have a, a rough year. So, that, that's kind of crazy. I was looking at their stuff as well. When you talk about just their wide receivers to their running backs, uh, getting to, I guess I'll go ahead and, and get into the next player that we're talking about, the quarterback. You know, we talked about wide receiver, we talked about running back, their quarterback, uh, Gavin uh, Winsett. Looks like he is a uh, four-star. He was a four-star uh, quarterback out of Kentucky, uh, Owensboro, Owensboro, Kentucky, so I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but he was a, a four-star uh, 2021 kid, and he had – you know, he had tons of offers from different places. He was a projected uh, like fourth to seven round guy. They were kind of uh, comparing him to a Jason Stidham, uh, excuse me, Jared Stidham. So oh, Auburn quarterback. Yeah, yep. yeah. So um, I mean, he's he's a ball player. He can run it. He can throw it. Um, looking at him, he's about six three, two hundred pounds, so good size kid. Um, but kind of what me and Curtis were talking about. <clears throat> they are really balanced as far as running and throwing. Uh, their number one receiver has about 90 yards or 91 yards. Um, of course, we talked about the running back. Um, Wimsett has about 360 yards, two touchdowns this year. So not a ton of touchdowns in the air, uh, you know, not a ton of yards. And, and, and for comparison purposes, Grant Wells has 494 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Wimsett doesn't have any interceptions, but again, it doesn't look like he's thrown the ball 50 times. He's 27 for 50 this year. So, Brian, you got anything on him? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at him, he's a really good athlete. Um, he can make plays with his legs. Um, makes really decisive reads when they have that RPO, and that's really what kind of gets that offensive going is that he knows how to make the decisive reads get the ball to where it needs to be, whether it's keep it, whether it's hand it, whether it's throw it. Um, he's usually making the right choice there. Um, not shocking in a Shiano coach team. I mean, they're going to be mostly pretty pretty disciplined um, across the board, and it, it's going to start with the quarterback position as well. Um, he's accurate enough in the short to intermediate game for what they do. He will miss some open receivers from time to time. Um, he's not always accurate, but um, – Throws a pretty good deep ball, though. He can push it down the field when he needs to. Um, and, you know, some of the some of the design runs um, are, 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 you know, drawn up for him. But most of his yards are going to be off the RPO and the scrambles. It's not going to yeah. be necessarily something that's designed specifically for him to, to rush the ball. Well, and, 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 and as, soon, as soon as he said it, Tally, I, I kind of sunk because it's that – He's a quarterback that makes decisive decisions in the RPO. And when you hear that, you know that's why they're having success. Even though the numbers aren't there, you probably know they're, they're pushing the ball downfield. They're playing mm -hmm. defense. They're probably getting first downs. They're not doing anything spectacular, but they're not losing games. Yep, complimentary and, and, football. And, and complimentary football. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, let, let's flip over. Let's talk to the last piece, as we always do, and let's talk about the offensive line. Brian said he took a look and he felt like big number 72, Holland Pierce, is the 
kind of the the anchor of that line. Six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pounds. Boys, just he was six eight, three twenty coming out of high school just a couple years ago. Guess how many offers he had? Thirty three. Zero. He did the blue Tarski. Zero point zero offers other than Rutgers. That was it. He went down to Fuma for a year, transferred back in. And now, Brian, what is he doing on that offensive line, and what do they look like? He's their right tackle, and he's probably overall the best player from a balanced perspective, pass versus run. He's not really – he doesn't really have a weakness. Um, he's not necessarily elite. You wouldn't call him an elite right tackle, but he is very solid in, in both aspects there. Um, overall for the line, I mean, they're, they're slightly better than Purdue. They're not a significantly big jump. Um, but they're more disciplined and sound than Purdue was. They're not, you're not going to get a big mistake from them like you would against Purdue uh, or, or an ODU. Um, overall, solid rushing attack. Um, and, and they will allow, allow some penetration on those run plays, though. Um, so we do have a chance to pitch them for some negative plays. And that's going to be important, getting them behind the sticks and making Wimps have to throw from the pocket a little bit more and, and not be able to kind of attack us with the RPO as much. Um, and, you know, we talk about pressures. They, they've they only sacked, uh, allowed a sack on Wimsett once this year, uh, but he's been pressured a ton. So if we can keep that up and keep the consistent pressure that we've seen so far, even though we didn't necessarily get home a lot against Purdue, if we can keep that pressure consistent, that's going to make it a little more difficult for him. There's, there's, there's one concern I have about that, Brian, and that is going to be we're going to have to stay in – we're going to have to stay in our lanes – because obviously, yep. Tally, you mentioned a kid getting that many offers and that athletic, he's going to break contain, and he's going to go upfield. Yeah. Um, and he's athletic enough to get not not Hudson Card got you know five six yards a couple times. Yeah. It's going to be twenty five thirty. Yeah. Um, Brian, let me, let me ask both y'all this because Callie, you read up on him, looked at a little tape. Brian, you obviously looked at a little more tape too. Or we're gonna have to spy him with somebody. Would you? I, I think you have to on obvious passing downs. I don't think you spy yeah. him every play, but you spy okay. him on obvious passing downs. Yeah, because he's a threat to pick up the pick up the first down with his legs. I'm more know? scared of his legs than his arm. Now he can beat you with his arm, but I'm more scared in those long yardage situations of you know a guy drops back, he hits a good a good pass that's open. You can live with that. What you hate is having really good coverage, and then the quarterback break contain and get a first down on the third and long. Because that, that pisses you off, that frustrates you. I know they're both first downs, but it just it, it doesn't seem to hurt as bad it, from a mentality standpoint of a defense when you do all the things right and they still get a first down versus when you kind of let, let something slip by and all of a sudden the guy takes off and he gets a first down with his legs. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's the offense and some names to know and things to look for. Let's flip over to the defense. And Brian, what we got scheme wise going on here? This one's kind of familiar too. We got a four two five with a true nickel package. Mm. Well, Shiano, so, Shiano's yeah. done that for years, so oh, that yeah. doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock you at all. Um, I mean, they're they're not overly impressive, but they are extremely sound. Like nothing about them necessarily jumps off the tape, but they don't fuck up a lot. You're, you're not going to catch them out of position very often. You're not going to see them blow a ton of coverage. 
You're not going to get those big chunk plays because of something they did wrong. You've got to do something right. So that's going to be the big thing. Um, but to that point, they haven't really been tested much this year. I mean, they played Northwestern that's in a fucking crisis mode, and then they played Temple that barely got past Akron. So I'm not really, from, from a from a test standpoint, they haven't really been pushed yet. Um, hopefully we can at least do that in the passing game, give them a little bit of fit there. Um, and they do have, like I said, they do have a true nickel package. It's actually a 3-3 stack with the tight look on, of their uh, DNs there. Um, so very similar to what we've seen from Purdue and from ODU the last two weeks when they go into that nickel package. Yeah, and some of the players that um, we'll talk about, I guess I'll talk about the first player that should be very familiar to a lot of Virginia Tech fans, uh, Tyreen Powell. He was actually committed to Virginia Tech um, and flipped, I think, on early signing day. Yeah. Um, he yeah. is a New Jersey kid. He only had three offers from what they're reporting. It was Virginia Tech, it was Rutgers, and it was Temple. Uh, he was about listed at high school there in New Jersey, but they've got him listed now at 6'5", 245. So, that's a big guy, you know what uh, I'm saying? Uh, looking at his production, I think he's averaging around eight tackles a game. So uh, not crazy, crazy numbers, but steady he, is, he is around the he is around the football. And like you said, he's steady last year. He had about 70 tackles. Um, I think he had about three sacks. I got to go back and check that for sure. But I know he had about 70 tackles last year. So he, he flies around the field. <laughs> that we'll have to account for on their defense playing linebacker. Brian, what you got on him? Yeah, I mean, he plays that will or backer spot in that 4-2. Um, he's really great in pursuit. That That's really probably his bread and butter. Um, sometimes he does lose coverage responsibility, contain responsibility because of that uh, overzealousness to kind of get in that pursuit angle. Um, really good gap discipline um, in, in the run game. So if it's not a contained position, he does a good job of getting his fits on the interior there, making plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, and they will occasionally bring him on pressure, sometimes up the middle, sometimes off the edge. So he, he is a pretty proficient uh, pass rusher as well from that blitzing uh, linebacker position. So um, kind of hurts you in a lot of different ways. But, um, again, kind of like the defense, not, not elite, but pretty sound and a, a good ball player overall. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, let's let's go from the linebacker room. Let's go up to the defensive line because someone that just looking around, looking at his background, kind of stood out to me was Renee Conga. Renee Conga, a 2020 commit from Canada. He was considered the best high school oh, prospect Canada. in Canada when he came out. Six foot four, about 290 pounds. Uh, and this season, you know, not looking everything, but sometimes when you don't see a lot of stats, but you see something like he's already got a forced fumble, he's got a sack, another tackle for loss, a total of five tackles. I want to know, I, I wanted Brian to look at him to figure out, okay, where's he playing and what's he doing? Because just looking at reading about him, it's like he seems like a pretty athletic guy because he came out at only 240, and now he's already up to 290. What, what is he doing, Brian? Yeah, he's actually their primary interior defensive tackle. 
Um, he plays that one, that two-eye technique in their base package. He'll slide to the zero and nickel. Interesting. Um, yeah, deceptively quick with the motor. You know, you, you said he's up to 290 now. He's probably he's probably plays about, you know, 10 pounds lighter as far as his speed and quickness. Um, and he occupies blockers pretty well considering he's undersized for probably an interior lineman, probably just a little bit under what you would expect there. Um, but it, like I said, occupies blockers well and, um, hopefully we can handle him in there in the middle, but they do rotate their interior linemen a lot. So we'll see if they end up, uh, you know, how, how much, how many snaps he gets in this game. Well, I find it interesting to see it here, a guy playing, and, and I know it's their nickel set, so they're probably doing it for schematic reasons, but to play a guy that's 6'4", 290-ish on a zero, to play him over top of the center, I mean, what are they trying to do with that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know they're not going to the nickel unless they're trying to get after the passer. So, I mean, he's he's a guy, like I said, with with his motor and his skill set, he can get by interior linemen pretty quick and make that play. So, um, that's really what it's all about getting getting kind of those mismatches on the interior for pass rush purposes. Nice. All right, we'll look at we'll look at one additional guy on the defensive side of the ball, and that is the defensive back Flip Dixon. Flip Dixon, also known as Michael Dixon, if you're trying to look him up. He was an original commit to Minnesota. He was ranked in 87 as he came out of high school, ranked as an 87 when he hit the portal, transferring from Minnesota over to Rutgers. And so far in his career, 59 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, only one pick, five pass deflections. Um, So obviously, you know, not getting a ton of PT his first three seasons, finally seeing the field more this year than he had any previous year. Um, what are we taking a look at when we take a look at this guy, you know, 6'2", 210 pounds? Where does he play exactly, Brian, in the defensive secondary? Number 10. Yeah, l- let's start with his name. He sounds like somebody's uncle, right? Like, yeah. Flip, Flip Dixon. Flip. <laughs> but, no, nah, he, uh, he plays boundary safety. Um, not used a ton in man coverage, mostly kind of read and react zone type of uh, a safety there. Um, really great in run support. Um, he comes up, makes plays at or near the line of scrimmage very well. But uh, where I've seen some weakness in his game is that he can get turned around if there's a double move or something where, where you can get him kind of lean in one way and then change direction. Doesn't change direction as well as you'd probably like him to, but um, he's really good at, diagnosing and kind of coming up and making plays. So if he's moving forward, he's a danger. If you get him backpedaling a little bit, you can probably get a little bit of a uh, run against him. Good deal. Good deal. So again, there's what you're looking at. You're kind of looking at a very similar type defense that you see with the Hokies every week. Um, and there are some players there, obviously, that you should be on the lookout for while watching the game. Well, next thing we're going to do, boys, we got four of them here. We're going to, somebody's taking one, somebody's taking two. We got the Hokies' keys to victory. Tally, you see them all up there. We talked about them. And Which I'll, one are I'll you take, strongest towards on this? The, the the number one that we have on there, I think it's number one in our hearts and mind right now. Don't let their quarterback kill us with his legs. As a Hokie fan, how many games have we watched that usually it's a backup quarterback that comes in and yep. freaking – Kills us with his legs. We got to be disciplined. We got to stay in our gaps. We got to get home when we can get a sack. 
We got we cannot let their quarterback kill us with his legs this week. They're gonna be amped there at home. Um they got a chance to go three and oh. We gotta go in there. We gotta go in there and we gotta want it. I we mean, sometimes it. going on the road is um sometimes going on the road is good for your team because it's just you and the boys and you just pull together and you don't worry about your girlfriend coming over before the game. You don't worry about all the extra stuff. You're all just there with your teammates and it's just y'all against the world. It's just y'all against that y'all against the fans, you know, their fans. So I know that the Hokies are going to take some fans up there and we're going to show out like we always do, but we cannot let that quarterback kill us with his legs. Yeah, right. Billy Pat and his crew are going to be out there in full force, so it'll be uh, it'll be a large contingency at least somewhere in that stadium. Come where, on, uh, man, represent up there, Billy. Billy right. and them, Dalek's going up. I'm sure Kenny yeah. going up too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go flip it and say I'm with you as well, but it's the quarterback on our side. Quarterback has to become mm-hmm. part of the run game this week. It's gonna help the offensive yeah. line out. It's gonna make that defense make decisions that in the first two weeks because of who they're playing. They've been able to be sound, right, Brian? They have yep. no one that can hurt them. They have no sort of things like that that can hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's that. Billy, we know you're going to represent up there, man. We know Billy's going to be leading the uh, leading the <laughs> cheers, screaming his lungs out. But we get that quarterback running game going, you're going to see this offense look different. You're going to see the line play better. And um, love it. we got to do it. We gotta do it. Brian, we'll let you wrap up with two, man. What's the first one? Yeah, um I'm gonna say this. We got we 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 didn't tackle great last week. So this is a team that runs they, they run the ball pretty well. They run a lot of screens. You gotta stay disciplined, you gotta tackle well. Yeah. If you don't do those two things, it's gonna be a long day. Yeah. All right. And I'm gonna wrap this up with kind of something a little bit similar. We're gonna just flip it back like Curtis said to the other side of the ball. We got to use scheme. We got to use quick passes to supplement the run game, essentially turning pass plays into run plays. Get the ball into the hands of the receivers, into the hands of the running back quickly in the passing game. Let them make some plays in space. Spread this defense out a little bit so there will be at least a little bit of room to maneuver in the middle of that defense. And – you know, if you do it in a quick way, you're not endangering your quarterback because you're not dropping them back five or seven yards uh, in the pocket and having to sling it every time. If we can get into better those third and manageable situations, you don't get your quarterback killed either, especially when you're probably, as Curtis alluded to, going to be using your quarterback in the run game a little bit more this week. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, boys, we get to uh, where it is every week. It is prediction time. Before we say our prediction, Shelton is not here with us this week, but Shelton has not only made the prediction for this game, he made all the other predictions too when we get to big screeners in a few minutes. And uh, I wish we, we, we got we got to start doing when he can't come on. Shelton, you got to make a three, a two minute video and we're going to post it on here. Yeah. We'll write that down as a future thing. But Shelton, <laughs> make I, think la- I think Shelton, <laughs> Shelton was up in the box last week watching the Purdue game. Sheldon's hurting. Shelton's taking the bad guys. He's taking the Scarlet Knights 24-14. Brian, who you got? Yeah, I think Sheldon watched that offensive line really close this uh, last few days, and I think that's what he's feeling right now. And I I don't blame him, but uh, I think Drones comes in and gives the offense a little bit of pop. 
Um, I think the defense steps up. I think the defense understands the urgency of the situation that we're facing right now. And I think the the good guys go up to Piscataway and uh, come away with 124-21. All righty. I am not far off. Here's why I'm not far off. Because last week on offense, we played a D minus. Almost failed. We still within one touchdown. Last week, we played a C, maybe C minus defensive game. We didn't get home. We missed some tackles. We let screwed up things happen. We played a pretty crappy game overall. We lost by one score. We lost by one score. First of all, before we do this, Pete B says, no, they're not getting 24. No, Pete, they're not getting 24. Hokies win 2017. Chiron Drones runs for one touchdown at least. Tally, we can let you close this one out, man. Where are you? I know y'all going to feel good about this, but I'm taking Rutgers, man. I'm going to say 28-21 Rutgers. Um, I got them taking it. Now, I'm going to tell you why I did that. I am going under the assumption that uh, Cunningham knows what he's talking about because he's the one that put out the uh, that put out the depth chart, and I got Grant Wells as my QB one on that depth chart. So I'm going as Grant as the QB one, and I'm going we lose by one score because that's what we've been doing in the past. Now, if this game starts and I see drones in the backfield, I might feel a little different. But I got to go with what I see right now. I got to go with what my man Cunningham said because. That's my guy. So I'm going to say Rutgers 28-21. Me and Brian going hunches, drone starting. Tally says until he sees one taking the first snap, on the city, he ain't going over. Yep. And let's go going. ahead and uh, let's go ahead and throw the graphic up here so we can take a look at what we got here. Big screeners, other games going on on Saturday. I can't wait. Uh, by the way, Tally, I'm heading over to Siegler's house Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Me, the wife, the kids. He's gonna grill us some burgers. He nice. gonna, um, you know, we gonna we gonna watch the game. We gonna have a lot of good fun. And uh, you know what? There you go, right there. That's up first. But the first game we're going to take a look at, Brian, is Brian's big screener of the week because after he kicks me out of his house, probably about 7 because that's when the kid's going to crash, he's going to be turning on NBC Saturday Night Football, Purdue versus Syracuse. Brian, who are you taking in this game? Someone we're going to play later or someone you've already seen on the field? You know what? I was rolling this one back and forth. Um, I think this is a pretty even matchup, just like I think you know the matchup last week was. Um, I've got the Boilermakers by that much. Um, so give me Purdue. Tally, who you got on this one? Purdue or you got the Cuse? I got I got the Boilermakers, man. I got, I'm kind of with Brian on this. I think the Boilermakers is going to pull this one off. You think the Boilermakers going to pull it off? All righty, all righty. I get to go next. I don't think they are. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't because they're going to have to bring a lot more. Syracuse has been playing some cream puffs up front. They're going, I believe this, is this at the Dome or is this in West Lafayette? Let me look here. I just like that to know who's playing who, where. Purdue, I believe. I was. I think it is, it is at Purdue. So it, the, the line, Brian, Brian caught this. He gave me three instead of two and a half to lay or to get, but you know, or to lay. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, 
Purdue, to me, did not overly impress me. Anyone with a capable offense is going to probably beat them this year. And I think Syracuse is capable enough. Shelton is taken. Drum roll, Syracuse. Okay, Syracuse. we're two and two. <laughs> All righty. Brian, by the way, do you have our records for last week? Or can we get those? Um, you probably I need thought you grabbed them, but I can grab them. I can grab them. You grab them while I pull up mine because where I went here, classic rivalry, backyard brawl, Pitt, West Virginia. Game's going to be in Morgantown. This is basically a tight one. It's basically a coin flip. And I'm going to take Pitt because what I've seen of West Virginia this year, they've not been impressive. Pitt hasn't impressed me either. But I, I think the way it is is I think Narduzzi has his guys. Neil Brown, every loss, everybody gets a little less and less involved. We know that feeling. We've been there before. So give me Pitt. Brian Shelton has. Pitt as well. All righty. Tally, you going to make it three in a row or you going oppo? No, nah, man, I got to go Pitt on this one, man. I'm going to go Pitt, and it was hard for me to say that. Uh, just because I hate them, but I hate West Virginia as much or more. So I wish they could play a game that nobody wins, but yes, I do. guess somebody got to win, and I'm going to take Pitt. So yeah, go. I'm right there with you. I'm taking Pitt as well. Um, this line would probably be a lot bigger uh, if it was if it was at Pitt. I mean, I think West Virginia is getting a lot of uh, home loving here. I don't think West Virginia is – a very good football team. And I think every game they're playing at this point is whether or not Neil Brown gets closer and closer to getting fired. So um, Narduzzi is obviously firmly entrenched uh, for the foreseeable future at Pitt. I feel like that's a much more uh, stable situation. And I think they're going to go and handle that game uh, regardless of the raucous environment there in Morgantown. All righty. So Pitt across the board here. Now, y'all, this is, this is one of those things, you know, you're college football fans. When you see Florida, Tennessee play, what do y'all know? It's, um, it's a, they hate each other. They hate each other. But third Saturday in September, we three weeks in the season. Tally, you picking this one. This is going to be, I think, at the Swamp Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Let me Let me confirm that. At the swamps, and we gonna have your big screeners gonna be running three games in a row right there in the Siegler. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right there. Yeah, I'm the, gonna, I'm gonna, who I'm you gonna, got, Tally? This is your game. Yeah, I'm gonna take Tennessee in that game, man. I think Tennessee is gonna um, go in there. And they're gonna they're gonna get the win and they're gonna cover. All righty, Shelton is right along with Tally on that as well, and, and I'm with you right now. Just. Florida has no juice. Mm-hmm. Florida has no juice right now. And and I don't know. And everybody's talking about, well, Napier's recruiting all these guys. Well, it's Florida. You, I hope you're recruiting somewhere in the top ten. You're Florida. If you ain't, you're even in bigger trouble. Yeah, and I mean, their, their NIL situation is in shambles right now with uh, everything that's coming out about that. I don't, I don't know if that plays any bearing on this game, but it does play bearing on whether they can kind of pull, continue to pull on those recruits. But – I'm right there. I think Tennessee pulls this one out. Um, I think it's it's about a touchdown game, maybe an eight, nine-point game. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think Tennessee handles their business down there. My bad. That was Shelton's, not Tally's. Because, Tally, this is yours. Yes, that's mine. 
And they're giving yeah, they're giving Ole Miss a lot of points in that game. Now, I don't think Georgia Tech is great, but I hate the SEC and the ACC. We've been holding our own against that against well, except for UVA. We've been holding our own against <laughs> the SEC. So I don't think Georgia Tech wins this game, but I think they do cover. I think they may lose by about 14, 10 to 14. But that's what that's where I'm at. I got Georgia Tech. I, I'm not far behind you because we, we took Tulane last week and we lost that bet. But Tulane was playing without a starting quarterback and they hung on forever and ever keeping that a one score game until finally uh, Ole Miss took it in the end. So I, I think probably a full stack Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's going to score 20 points in one quarter. And that's why we're going to cover right there. They might not do anything before or after, but they're going to score like 20-plus points in one quarter. There you go. Mm -hmm. Who's Sheldon on on this one? Sheldon Sheldon went Georgia Tech as well. Um, 19 and a half is so much to lay. Yeah, you know what, though? There we go. I'm going for it. So you're going for Ole Miss, huh? I just don't think – I think at some point the dam is going to break and there's going to be a run. You know, Curtis said Georgia Tech's going to score 21 quarter. I think there's going to be a quarter where Ole Miss kind of puts puts a little distance between themselves and, uh, and Georgia Tech. If anybody will do it, Lane will do it. He'll, he'll run that score up. He does yep. not care about that at all. All right, two more big games. I wouldn't say big game. This is kind of the – this is truly – if y'all look this – have y'all looked at next weekend – have y'all looked at next weekend yet? I haven't looked yet, no. Nah. I'm going to give y'all a second. Real quick, y'all pull up y'all's computers. Go look at next weekend's slate. Go look at next weekend's slate. Week four, college football, we're a month in. Go look at next weekend's top 25 slate. Yeah, we're rolling pretty good. Oklahoma, Cincy. Colorado, Oregon, Mississippi, Colorado. Ole Miss and Alabama. Arkansas, LSU, Texas, Taylor, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Clemson, FSU. I mean, I mean, there are nothing to sneeze at in the ACC. Next week is this is like an appetizer course this week. Next week's insane, and I think my kids are playing both in the middle of the day playing fall ball. Yeah, I mean this this week's slate is a little bit underwhelming, especially after last week. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But there, there are a couple interesting ones here. And there's interesting one, games. There's not marquee games, but there's interesting games. There's good right. matchups, even if you're not getting that marquee, you know, two ranked opponents or like, you know, you got to look at a West, like Curtis, you picked West Virginia Pitt because you know, there's history there. The there's not a whole wrong. lot of, there's not a ton of accolades currently right now, but, um, you know, there, there's definitely the history there that you can fall back on. Right, well, let's go to one of those ones that's not, it's it's a it's an inner conference or an inner conference matchup. ACC Big Ten, Minnesota, North Carolina. Minnesota is only is is two and zero. They've given up eight points a game, but they're only scoring nineteen points a game. Brian, who are you taking on this one? I got the Tar Heels. I think they got a scare last week, and I think that kind of woke their asses up a little bit. Um, I think they they handled their business this week against Minnesota. Tally, you up next. Who you got? Man, I got to go UNC, man. I got to go UNC when it's hard for me to, to bet against a, a – they've got a really good quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. besides whatever else they have, when you have a really good quarterback, 
it can do a lot of stuff for your team. So I got to go UNC. Yep, it's a home game. If it was maybe up in Minnesota, I'd think about taking the points. But in this case, I, I, I think – I personally think Carolina's going to absolutely blow the doors off Minnesota. If you told me this was 12-and-a-half, I might would take 12-and-a-half. So give me Carolina as well. Shelton is the outlier here. He likes Minnesota. Shelton likes to row the boat, clearly. Shelton, you ain't here to defend yourself, so we're going to uh, put some things on your name. Row the boat. All right, one last one, Big 12 SEC matchup, Mizzou at K-State. Um, I think both teams are 2-0, and o, if I am not mistaken. They are. They are mm-hmm. both 2-0. and o. But Missouri played somebody like week one that was not a good team. And like, I remember watching this like, how in the world? Oh, here you go. They played South Dakota. That was a game pretty much until – that was not a game, but they struggled with Middle Tennessee State last week. Yeah. Struggled. So, Tally, who are you taking in this one? Man, I got to go K-State. I told y'all I hate the SEC. Billy, you said that's big boy ball. I said that's little balls football, you know. <laughs> I'm going um, – I'm going K-State, man. I think they're going to – I mean, K-State's always got a pretty tough program. They play hard. They're playing at home. Uh, all jokes aside, it's an early game. So, um, I, I'm going to take K-State in that game. All righty. Siegler? Yeah, it's it's got to be K-State. I mean, K-State is looks like a solid solid team this year. Uh, Mizzou 2-0, and but, I mean, that, that, that that's a fraudulent-looking 2-0 and with uh, – the outcome against Middle Tennessee, and then you know only getting by uh, South Dakota, thirty-five ten. So, not not overly impressive there either. So, give me Kansas State, and I'm with y'all. Make this a trifecta. It's only five to lay it. Yeah, five ain't enough. I think Kansas State wins this one, ten to fourteen. It, it'll yeah, probably be. I, I'd have probably taken it at nine and a half. So, okay, All right. I'll, I'll definitely what, take it at five. What Sheldon got on this one? We're, we're, we're sweeping this one. Sweeping. So we've got three picks we are absolutely on, and then one mix, two mixed picks, and then one pick, everybody, it's one person against the rest of us. Awesome. Those are our big screens. We'll put them out there to let everybody put, see. Put Billy's, put Billy's last. Uh, Hold on. Billy wants this one. Hold and on. I will, yeah, Curtis, you take a look at that and tell him what you think about that first. That's just. I think I'm gonna take South Carolina and give me the 27 and a half. Georgia has not. Georgia has been so slow out of the gate, not once but twice. Um, you know, against UT Martin and then last week. I think that's too big. I, I I think Georgia's in that situation where they're retooling. Brock Bowers is a crazy, crazy tight end. Yeah, but He's right not- now they're trying to figure out what else to do. And to, to say you're going to lay four touchdowns, that's a lot just because in some ways I think Shane will revert back to Pops and try to slow the game down and just make it a ground fest. Yeah, I think I if, if it was like a, a line about 20. Oh, yeah, no, 20. 19 or 20, I, I'd, I'd go ugly there. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, the Cox in this situation. So touchdowns a ton. Yeah, usually, usually if it was like y'all said about twenty, I would have, I would have took uh, Georgia. But with it being twenty-seven and a half, I'm still taking Georgia. 
Because <laughs> Shane was on there crying about the staff eating hot dogs. When you start getting on TV and talking and complaining and crying, you look you playing losing football, Shane. Get your keys ready. Come on home. You might we might need you to coach something up here at Tech. Come oh, get on man. staff. Oh, y'all about to got y'all about to get beat by about 35. 35. He says 35. Okay, write that oh, down. Shit. Oh, All shit. right. Anything breaking in the last little while here, boys? Nope. Not that I've seen. All righty. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Jonathan Talley. Visit our website, BoundaryCornerVT.com, to listen to all of our episodes. Check out the merchandise top at the Boundary Corner store. While you're there, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Over 2,300 followers. Thank you all for getting us right there. Facebook, we don't have a lot of y'all. Add us so you can easily stream the episodes live every week. Instagram, we're going to try to get the collective pictures we took together this weekend together and get them on Instagram. We'll see how that works. <laughs> well, listen, I think what I saw Saturday is we are three people. Everybody likes to take pictures occasionally, but it, it the moments – the, the moments where I'm just is. enjoying the moment, man. Damn right. It's the moment every single so time. Clean, also, YouTube. If you're listening to us on YouTube tonight and you not have not subscribed, please subscribe. Not only um, does it automatically go right to the episode when you click on us, if Brian will pull some, Brian's pulling reels out for little short takes, um, please subscribe there. Also, Favorite podcasts or Spotify, Amazon, Apple. We are on all of them. As always, we let our buddy Jason Long, who had drinks with us, and actually he texted me twice here tonight and saying we won't talk about Aaron Rodgers and that a podcast where we had to do that. But he also made a point that uh, he's poured five fingers while listening to us of the uh, the row we gave him. There we go. That boy ain't going to teach tomorrow. Um, <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's it's Thursday, man. He'll he'll it, grind through. It, it's true. It's true. Catch him down at the Grandin Village Shoppers. Uh, excuse me, Farmers Market, um, eight to twelve this weekend. And what else? Oh yeah, Spotify, YouTube, all his stuff to check it out. It links right to the website there, JasonLongMusic.com. As always, we thank you for listening, and let's go, Okie. Okay. Okay.